On tonight's episode of Eureka Cast Now, entomologists discover another devious trick of the assassin bug. The internet is abuzz with a new question shaking the principles of morality. And our special feature this evening, Dr. Joink, expert mycologist and documentarian, joins us to talk about all things mushroom. The following program is an artistic work of fiction and falsehood. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the broadcasters or the management thereof. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm glad you're here. I'm lead media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is EurekaCast, now where we discuss the latest news in science, but also technology. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Science. How are you doing tonight, Rowan? Uh, well, it is the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. Thank you very much, Kai. Although oh, we I don't do, know. it is an institute of science as, mm. well, as, as well. I can't keep up with all these, all these changes, Rowan. Uh, but uh, hello and verdant welcoming to our listeners as we step through the precipice of true scientific inquiry on our program this evening. And may I also extend a hearty Eureka now welcome to Dr. Joink, our expert guest this evening. Welcome to the program. Uh, uh, happy to be here. So, Dr. Joink, you are here to talk about mushrooms, all things mm-hmm. mushrooms. Not not talk so much as proselytize. Really? Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm here to spread the good word or or, or the good spore, as it were. Mm. Well, I just like spores spreading throughout the air, populate the earth. Precisely. Yeah. Well, I for one engage in a bit of amateur mycology myself now and Don't then. Don't do you, Rowan. I do. I absolutely love the way mycelium, it's so versatile. I have uh, I know in the biofabrication labs here at the uh, Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science next to the Yards campus, um, that we have been using some of that mycelium to build things such as boats, mm. as uh, insulation for buildings, clothing. There's so much interesting stuff going on in the world of mycology. May I ask you, what is it that you do specifically with regards to m- mushrooms and fungi and all that? It's complicated. I'm primarily a fungal nature documentarian. Sure, you're in the media side of things. I, I'm in the media side. So of important. Things. That's so important these days. You know, you got to advocate for it's, those mushrooms. It's probably honestly. the most important part of research is the communication of it. You know, you you're talking about biotech. I'm talking think bigger. We're talking computers. We're talking, We're talking human mushrooms. Well, I have Exciting. very little idea as to what that means, but I'm excited to hear about it more mm-hmm. in our second program. But for um, now, it for- is time to get to some of the latest news from the fields of science. And Dr. Drunk, you are invited to join us in our conversation. Oh, thank you. So I first want to start off by saying uh, I'd like to welcome the citizen scientists out there to our to our program because and, and welcome them on, in such a very important anniversary. Rowan, are you familiar with exactly what today is? Um, it is the 20th. Sure, but it, there's a very important date that this signifies. I, I, um, no, I'm sorry, I don't know. Well, that's, uh, that's unfortunate, because today, on this day, 44 years ago, it was just 76 days after NASA launched the Voyager 1 spacecraft. 
that's quite the anniversary. Yeah. Now, that was monumental for a number of reasons. In addition to taking a bunch of pictures of, I mean, just everything, uh, pale blue dots, Jupiter, um, I believe, probably was one of them. Uh, you have the Voyager crafts. They're carrying the famous, or should I say the infamous, golden records. Why would you say infamous, Kai? I, it, that was seen as a crowning achievement in a lot of ways. Well, I would say just infinite because since since you know, uh, the 1970s, things have changed. Opinions have changed about what should and shouldn't be, shouldn't be included on those records. Um, but for those that aren't familiar, these are, of course, 12-inch gold-plated copper discs that uh, were meant to portray the diversity of life and culture on Earth, wherein an alien or interterrestrial being or life form may find it and know a little bit more about Earth, Maybe even be able to be able to come to Earth and engage in our culture in a productive way. Um, Something that could be either a great boon for the world, for the civilizations on our world, um, right. or perhaps the end of it. Um, right, exactly. I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, but it just doesn't Flip live up to the, the coin, snuff. perhaps. Yeah, it just, but it, but frankly, to, to, towards either of those ends, it just doesn't live up to the snuff anymore. Um, so to commemorate the anniversary, us here at New Media Labs, which is, as you as you know, uh, Rowan, where I work, uh, we've teamed up with Tech Brothers Jet Propulsion Laboratories to provide a little bit of an update uh, to what we've been doing here on Earth, specifically uh, in the realm of new media. Now, when you say an update, you mean that you are sending out another craft with new inscriptions on it. You're not somehow post hoc editing the Voyager no. probe that has already gone it's out. It's impossible. We've considered that, but it just doesn't seem feasible at this time. Hmm. What we will be doing is we will be sending up a lot, a much flashier probe, um, something, and we're able, we're just going to be sending it straight at, uh, at the Voyager. So wait, hold on. So you're shooting it at the Voyager. To, to, for what purpose? We just want it to be nearby. Okay. So the idea is any life form that comes across it, they'd be more willing to look at one as opposed to the other. So this is this is like this is monumental. This is this is huge. You, this is like cosmic marketing. It is. Yes. This is exactly. cosmic advertising. Thank you, Doctor Drunk. You. I get, get it. it. You get it. I don't get it. Are there going to be pictures being taken? Because that was one of the things that Voyager was most well known for. That that was, I think, really the yeah. pale blue dot yeah. as that that revolutionized public consciousness. You know, it would have been Mother Earth of Gaia. Rowan, um, I, I hear you. It would have been great if we could take pictures, but there just wasn't enough space. We couldn't get a camera on that thing. It was just so full of neon. It was just so full of neon and thirty terabytes, uh, thirty terabyte solid state hard drive. Oh my gosh! Um, what that, do you what do you do with thirty terabytes? What do you put on there? Oh, I'll I'll be getting to it. Okay. I'll be telling you everything that is on what we're calling the Galaxy Chan. Okay. Ga um. So it is a number. Uh, it includes uh, some of our civilization's greatest and most cherished feats, um, including one Bitcoin. A whole Bitcoin. A whole Bitcoin. Wow. And not only that, an NFT as well. An NFT of yes. what? It's really, it's really impressive. We can't it's tell you because one of the you best would, ones. You, otherwise, you'd right it doesn't, click it. It doesn't make. I mean, it just. It's not. You need to see it to understand it. Right. So really, I don't even really know what's the, what the NFT is about. The only person that's going to understand it, or the only thing that might understand it and see it, is the life form that finds it's it. It's a more advanced life form. Yeah. Um, and we yeah. So we we were forward thinking in that way. Um, Black Mirror, Bandersnatch, <laughs> uh, monumental achievement in uh, new media. I would agree. Some photos of some very influential Funko Pops. It was that one of the NFTs. No, this is completely this is completely new. Mm. Um, six of the best Radio Labs. 
Squid Game Season 1. Ready Player 2, we thought it was a little bit more influential than uh, Ready Player 1. Wow, how do you secure the rights? That's not even out there. We have our people. We have our feelers out there. Oh. Uh, the Siren Head Creepypasta. Uh, possibly one of the most most famous creepypastas. Some medical sketches. Now, famously, what was included on the original Voyager were some sketches of, of people. Um, so that a, a nude man and a nude woman yes. in sort of a Vesuvian pose to right. sort of show what the what the uh, the human being looked like, the right. forms of the human being. Maybe for the 1970s, that was how people were thinking. Right now, we're not thinking in terms of of gender. We know gender is a lot more complicated. So we decided to just take two medical sketches of the most influ- man or woman or 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 you know non-binary person, the most influential human beings out there right now. Um, those being Elon Musk. And YouTuber Mr. Beast. Mr. Who? Mr. Beast. Right. Uh, we have a collection of Wojaks. Very influential. Um, the Hobbit, but only the first movie, because we want to give interstellar travelers a reason to come down. Well, yeah, we're, uh, that actually begs the question. Were the first three Lord of the Rings movies included on the original disc? They were sent up before they were out. Yeah, I, I think so. That was unfortunately. It was like right under the radar. Okay, like, that sucks. Unfortunate. Um, and then as for literature, uh, again, there's uh, there's a series that I think we all can agree on. Um, well, literature is such an in, yeah. in, important part of our artistic framework of the things that make humans humans essentially right. so this was a big pick um i'm i Huge pick. with all of these other ones i am really hoping you can salvage this right and this one this one we we feel like it, it encompasses everything that human beings appreciate and understand and believe in um sort of books that uh that are timeless across the across ages across generations across peoples across cultures wow um and there's a lot of deliberation on which books we should include. And we finally all agreed on uh, all of the Harry Potter novels. All of them? Every last one of them. Even even Cursed Child, the, the play that came out after the books were published? Well, they, we had some space. We had a little does, bit of space at the, at the end of the hard drive. So does this include all of the the canon tweets by J.K. Rowling about the amended text? Yeah, that's a great. That's actually that brings up an ex- excellent question, mm-hmm. um, Kai. How many tweets uh, did you end up putting in this uh, probe that you intend to collide into the original Voyager? That was really difficult because there are so many influential tweets. Oh um, yeah, we narrowed it down to two and a half million. And finally, there's one more thing that I want to talk about us uh, including on there. And this is this is not necessarily popular media, but I think it's important. Um, and it definitely just shows the propagation of humanity. Mm. Uh, we asked kids all over Chicago public schools to write and draw what they hope for the future of humanity. We collected and digitized over 600,000 responses and included them in the vessel. And we had these kids down there at the launch pad on launch day to come and experience the launch of, of what will be their work, their hopes, their dreams into the galaxy. Well, you know, that is a wonderful way to get the children involved in this. And, you know, children love space. They love being part of something, Gives be, us participating. Mm. It's it's nice. That's a very nice thing to conclude, Kai. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was down there. The Jets, uh, the Jets there, they were loud. The children, they were screaming. It was, it was, it was truly wonderful as the, uh, as the smoke billowed out. I was on the verge of tears. I bet the kids were too. I must say that, unfortunately, due to a combination of factors, the vessel 
exploded about 20 seconds into, into the flight, but... Oh, well, there it is. There it is. Um, thank you very much, Kai, uh, for that huge waste of everyone's time. Uh, I do have a story... Ronia, what is your story? This I, I, I have a story from the realm of biology that our good friend, um, uh, what was it again? Professor Joink? Dr. Joink? Doc, excuse me. Yeah. It Dr. is... Joink. Sorry, Rowan. It uh, is Dr. Joink. Where's that, where's that doctorate from? If I don't... You don't mind me asking? Uh, what was your question, Ron? Uh, well, I was just saying that I have a very interesting story from the world of biology oh, oh, and you yeah. having an, an interest in biology and a, an presumably some sort of uh, <laughs> a doctorate in a related field. But yeah, Not a supposed. I have a doctorate. Well, um, well, have you heard the new news that uh, came out about assassin bugs recently? I have not. Oh, this is, this is fascinating. Assassin bugs, as I'm sure the good doctor is aware, and Kai almost certainly is not aware, um, they're well known among entomologists as one of the most clever and ruthless predators in the insect mm. world. That's true. Um, they use a variety of methods mm. to close the distance on their prey. Crawling on walls. Stab them with their venomous mouth part and slurp out that delicious prey juice that mm. they crave. Things simple as stealth, ambush, sure. disguises, but there's been a new trick that's added to the mix. You've Really? Yes. A this whole, is monumental. It, it's, it's huge. It's it's really exciting. A new technique that was been used by Stenolemus, genus Stenolemus wheelbugs. As reported in the biological report of the Lysenko Society, these spider hunting bugs use touch as a way to deceive their quarry. Whoa. So this is no longer the realm of sitting at an elevated angle to come and pounce. This is no longer sort of, you know, putting on right. a mustache or in the case of the assassin bugs, the bodies and sort excrement of, a, of its previous prey. Sort, sort of a, 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 a Viking helmet uh, or Roman robes, really... Usually dropping sort of all of all of culture, right? Uh, no, this is this this is this is a um, this is you might even call this a juke among certain circles because oh. um, it's like the classic prank where you tap someone on one shoulder, it's perhaps the right shoulder, whereas you would be on the left side of this individual. They look to the right. And then they realize that you did it, and you share a chuckle, mm -hmm. you share a chortle, a sensible laugh. But in the case of the assassin bug and the spider that it is consuming, uh, it ends uh, the ruse uh, uh, is uh, ends with getting impaled and ejected with corrosive venom. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So this begs the question. Spiders famously have eight shoulders. Right. So which shoulder are they tapping? That's, well, that's, a, that's a. That yeah. is actually what they're known for. You know, that was the very interesting thing. I managed to find some video of this online. I, I haven't figured out a way to pipe video in to the um, to the, the virtual collaborative think space mm -hmm. that we've established here. Oh, it's, it's really easy, Rowan. It's, oh, is it? Yeah. I'll go over it with you later. Ah, uh, right. Not that easy, then. It's um, simple. To answer your question, it is actually the foremost shoulders on either the left or the right side. Huh. I've seen it go both ways. So once again, this really is tapping someone on next to their head. They look over, and then bam, they got impaled. You know, spiders also famously have multiple eyes. So how can you guarantee evolutionarily that tapping on that specific shoulder 
will draw the attention of all the spider's eyes at once. Well, you know, that's that's an excellent point that you should bring that up because I, in yeah. this in this study, in this study, um, the scientists, there was a number of comments that came forward from these the scientists that involved, some scientists who weren't involved, and one of them um, specifically in the end of the, the study that was released, uh, going forward, the researchers, and they say this specifically, they are looking to do more studies to understand the tapping in greater detail, including mm. how many taps are sufficient to pacify a spider and the number of spider species that the bugs are manipulating. So the full mm. spread and understanding of this deception and of this practice is yet to be determined, but it's it's exciting nonetheless. Um, another trick from what could very easily be nature's, uh, you know, um, greatest assassins. Yeah, I, I must say this really this really begs the question or proves the rule that nothing is true and everything is permitted. So I really appreciate that. Well, and, and, you know, I have to say personally, it is not every day in nature that the hunter becomes the hunted and that the spider does, in fact, become the fly. Mm. So, you know, I it's, it's no, that really only happens a few times. It's, it's, a, it's an evolutionary comeuppance. It's the great cosmic Aikido. Mm. I wonder I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how this is going to affect uh, what, you know, cataclysmic uh, changes this is going to is going to take place in in nature and, as a result of this, and even outside the the context of determining how um, many taps to sufficient to pacify a spider mm -hmm. in this specific context, I want to know how many taps there are to pacify a spider for all sorts of contexts. I know many people who I have many good friends who are part of sort of the invert crowd. They collect invertebrates, and oftentimes they find themselves needing to pacify spiders, quite large spiders. And yeah. if if there could be a secret number or some sort of code that you could tap on perhaps your you know Sydney funnel web to get it to calm down and take its mouse I think those individuals would be quite interested in that I mean I for one am fascinated in this theory I love it I think there's nothing wrong with it I'm gonna have my secretary send in a scathing denunciation I appreciate Fascinating. it that's, uh -huh. that's just how science works yeah well thank you very much for that Rowan I think we learned a great deal about um, about nature's greatest assassin uh, the assassin bug so so purposely arguably, named I would say um yeah, now it's time for, for, for my, uh, my next story. Um, and this next story, I would say, is even more important, even more influential than, than even yours, Rowan. Uh, that we have a lot of, uh, I know you're expressing a lot of um, uh, disbelief there, my good doctor, but, uh, you know, we, we, we only come in with the highest quality stories. Yeah, and they're truly, science, it's a new story every single day. Honestly, um, I, this is incredible. Um, so it's this is all about uh, the question that is defining the internet today, uh, and so this is more of a human-focused story. Um, but to the citizen scientist out there, uh, if you have been keeping a keen eye on trends, and I know that you have, listener, because I know I know you, I know the kind of person that you are, the kind of things that you're interested in. Um, surely you have heard, have some background on it, and have some familiarity in a popular new channel on Reddit. Uh, AIBD and the associated, the associated, real culture shift. The the question that's being asked in all different sorts of channels all over the new media's and and the internet. Um, and while it's true, the Reddit sub, uh, uh, the Reddit sub, uh, which started in 2018, has nearly quintupled since uh, the early days of the pandemic. And this is of course the Reddit channel uh, AIBD. It's having people around the world. It's having them connect, share in moments, and ask the very important question is on all of our minds and really is defining our current, our current predicament, our current generation. 
am I become death? And that's a great question to ask yourself. And oftentimes, the starting point for a number of religions, both um, old religions and new religious mm -hmm. movements. Exactly. Um, so the answer to these questions sort of reveal how the internet and a year of isolation have affected our collective mental well-being and it says so much about it well let me ask you let me ask you this um i love I, questions Rowan. well i i i have uh, some familiarity with reddit i go on there to get you know look at pictures of mm -hmm. cats and you know get the occasional cooking tip um but usually in these sort of threads is this they they provide a story and then they ask a question mm -hmm. am i this am i that is that the same format for this i am become death question you know pretty pretty much i, I would say they they uh, they provide the question in however many words they provide the question am i become death and similar to many other forums people respond with that question they answer that question for them hmm. for example uh you know so the very first, let me go over the very first post on this subreddit. Uh, it dates back to December 3rd, 2018. Um, and it features just the phrase, the very first post in, in this reddit, just the phrase, am I become death with a tilde, a tilde at the end of it. A little wiggle. A little wiggle wow. just at the end of it. Mm -mm. And um, Sultry. It initially garnered, very sultry, that's very surprising. Um, it initially garnered 80 interactions with nearly 52% agreeing that Top Froggle 6 had, in fact, become death. The destroyer of worlds. Presumably, yes. I, I um, mean, it doesn't follow up, so there's no way to know. Yeah. Um, it is the last post that the user and moderator of the site, Top Froggle 6, has made on, made on the site or any um, site from our research. Um, but it really set the stage for what the Reddit would become. And just look at how it's evolved. Uh, I mean, and think, just think about the pandemic that we just came out of, the Mali 21 pandemic. There was uh, a lot more hours to while away, stare at your screens, and, and really question, a am I become death? Contemplate the oblivion that sort of stews inside of you. Contemplate mm -hmm. the, the emptiness that always threatens to seep into your mind and, and turn the knowable into the unknowable. Precisely. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I saw a movie about this in 2019, 2018, around the same time this came out. Uh, yeah, a lot of movies have come out. I yeah. agree. Did you guys see the Joker movie? Uh, yes. I definitely have. Oh, is it, have we done any research on whether or not this coincides with the question? Um, I think that that is a good question, and it merits it definitely merits some research. I don't, I don't but care. I would say I'll look into it. A lot of different movies. I don't like that that sort of violence in Guardians my movies. Of the I feel I feel as though there is a spiritually um, insulting. I uh, not insulting, but vacuous. Mm. You know, mm. I think like when you there's a good way to do violence with something such as. I don't know, perhaps Shrek or, you know, one of the Garfield films Naturally. that, you know, is productive. And then Joker, yeah. which is maybe less so. Batman versus Superman. Less productive. I mean, well, the question, it begs the question, am I become death? Yeah, and I hope the new Garfield film really does that for us as well. Um, so just some statistics. AID, AIBD now has 8 million subscribers with around 200,000 people joining per month, subscribing to that channel per month. Uh, it really just goes to show you that now more than ever, we are our own moral philosophers, and we keep out, we, we keep an eye out for opportunities to question and judge the merits um, of our own and others' lives. No, uh, let I, me just what, uh, let me just talk about, and, and I, I we talked about the very first uh, uh, post on the on the site. 
but I do want to uh, follow up with a little bit of the the, the most popular post on the site because um, it really shows what has become of this channel. Mm. Uh, how since many, the pandemic how started. many upvotes has it received? Um, well, the the most popular one. Yes. Well, there are uh, there are it's the numbers growing all the time. It's impossible Constantly. to keep track. Yeah. Uh, it's the most interacted with post on the site. The the most goodness. Yes. Yeah, so the top post um, on the forum is uh, is from September third, twenty twenty, is a post by user J Wen, who uh, said, repeated the phrase "Am I become death" six hundred times, um, and included with the post a picture of two poles for high voltage power lines, at an intersection in Slammerhogen, Sweden. Hmm. Um, and it, as I said, it's still receiving new votes, new comments every single day, with entire civilizations being born and dying within the comment section. This site is such an ample ground for answering that very important moral question. AIs are even now being designed around, being trained on this site. We hope for we, what purpose? To become the arbiters, the answers of this question. Whoa! It is. Um, it is fascinating. I have to yes. say. Uh, why? So why are people using the site? Well, I must say, as media media researcher Kai Hubris tells us, the majority of people want to see themselves. In reality, we've all got the potential, whatever that means. What's well, the, what the name of that researcher at the end there? It was a Kai Hubris. Um, uh, a separate Kai Hubris? No. Well, thank Honestly, you. well said. Thank you very much. I couldn't much. agree more. Thank you very much for that. Thank, um, you, thank you, Dr. Drink. We are uh, we are running a little bit over in our first half, so why don't we go ahead and just mosey onward to our mid-show midterm. I love the mid-show midterm. midterm. Right, and the mid-show midterm is where during our 10-minute or so station break, we mm-hmm. pose a question, we let you ruminate on it, let you think about it, mm-hmm. and then... Once you are done thinking about it, once we are done with the break, mm-hmm. we come back, we give you the answer, and you learn something, just a little bit of something. We're all, learn- we're all learners. We're constant students. We're students of the world. Mm. Um, and we invite you, Dr. Joink, although you are a doctor, as, as we all know, you've achieved one of a, a status of, of immense intellect over the course of your time in school, which I, we presume you went to to get your doctorate. Uh, uh, you have to go to school to get a doctorate. And out in the, the, the forest, which mm-hmm. gives you even more knowledge. The forest is my school. I, um, sure. Thank you, thank you. Um. So the so we all love Richard Feynman on we this program. We love Richard Feynman. He's the rock and roll of the physics community. We all have our own Feynman story. Um. You know, you're on a you're on a, a on a subway Ferris somewhere wheel. or a Ferris wheel. He comes over. He <laughs> rubs your back. hair. He says, "No one will ever believe you," and he walks away. <laughs> that, Class, happened, that happened to me in a forest. Once. I, believe it or not, I, I believe it. Feynman's everywhere. We have to. Um. But. Richard Feynman famously had a favorite diner in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Whenever he got out there for conferences, we L- all know it. Las Lunas Pistole. It was a big. It was a big drive from yeah. Caltech, but he would he would make the 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 journey there mm-hmm. whenever was appropriate. And they there have a combination of entree and side known as the Feynman, right? Because was, that was what he ordered. It's yeah. This is the the combination of entree and side he ordered. He was known for ordering every single time he went to Las Lunas Pistoles. Right, and so the question is, what is the combination of the two that will uh, that that is the Feynman that is known as the Feynman? So option number one is um, a well done steak. And bran flake salad dry. That's the first option. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Next is the number two, mm-hmm. coconut cream pie with a well-done egg. Number three, a roasted pumpkin and a bowl of tartar sauce. Excellent, yeah. And finally, number four, a cigar and a snifter of whiskey in an ice-cold glass. So those are the... The f- cigar goes in the glass. Um, we have... We, there's no, we don't know exactly no, how okay. it combines. Right. We just know that this is the side in the entree. Understandable. Uh, so, yeah. So the question is... Which- I, heard, I heard Feynman like to experiment with how, how he combined the two every mm, single mm, time. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you... Uh, so let's go ahead and move to our... Um, uh, our break. Our break. Our little our bit mid-term. of a bre- our midterm. Yeah. Uh, we will we'll come back in music. about 10, maybe mm-hmm. 7 to 10 minutes. Yeah, and we're going to scan that Scantron and figure out whether you, listener, were correct. And when we come back, Dr. Joink will talk to us about mushrooms. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Very excited. All right. Please stay tuned. <laughs> And we are back. Welcome back, everybody. We are back. Apologies. I just had a small technical issue with um, pulling up the slides um, for our uh, mid-show midterm. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go ahead and read them for us while I do that, Kai. Of course. So the question we're asking is the the notorious, the famous Richard Feynman. he went to his famous favorite joint in Rio Ranchero, New Mexico, uh, called Las Lunas Pistoles, uh, which w- which became known as the Feynman because he ordered it so much. Um, which combination of entree and side became known as the Feynman at there we go. Uh, Las Lunas Pistoles? And we and we have that pulled up right now. So yeah. uh, first uh, option is a well done steak and bran flakes salad, dry. Mm-hmm. Number two, one whole coconut cream pie with a well done egg. Mm-hmm. Not sure about the placement of the egg it's, with regard to the pie. Exactly. Um, roasted pumpkin and a bowl of tartar sauce. Mm-hmm. Number three. And number four, uh, a cigar and a snifter of whiskey in an ice cold glass. Which of these was Richard Feynman well known for? And what became his. uh, What became the Feynman? His meal of choice? You can go down to Lunas Pistoles right now. You can tap the Richard Feynman poster with, with his face on it. And you can order. You can say to the to the keep if it's not behind glass, anyway. Exactly. You know, he's a man of the people. Uh, You tap the poster. Go up to the to the keep and you say, "Give me the Feynman." This is what they're putting down in front of you. Um, And of course, no, Rowan. Do you know? Do you know the answer to this? I do know the answer, but Mm -hmm. only because I'm looking at the slides right now. I Um, I already know the answer. I've known the answer for years, Uh, so I don't feel like it would be it would be fair of me to guess. Okay. Um. So we turn it to you. Doctor Doctor Joink, who is in here, the uh, the mushroom expert in here and documentarian about to give his special feature. Let's set it off with a good foot. Start it off on a good foot. Well, come, gonna... come on, take, hit the guess. It's time uh, to use your your uh, your powers of deduction. Uh, my powers of my doctorate uh, is what I'm going to use. Right. Uh, I don't deduce. I I your doctorate. doctorate. Your doctorate from yeah. I doctorate from. Uh, I think the answer has got to be the pumpkin and tartar sauce. Pumpkin and tartar sauce. The the flavor profile there, just purely on a biochemical plane, Mm -hmm. functions beautifully. And Richard Feynman was existing on a higher plane of frequency. Well, (laughs) as we know. Exactly. Easily five or 60. 
easily. Easily, those hurts, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's your answer? My final answer is uh, pumpkin and tartar sauce. All right. Well, the actual answer is, (sighs) unfortunately... One whole coconut cream pie with a well-done egg, and I was I was playing a little coy there. Everyone who's a true Feynman freak, Feynman file, yeah, um, knows that the well-done egg went on top of the coconut cream pie. Oh, yeah, oh you know it did, of course. How I eat it, at least. It's how it need it should be. Eaten. Some some consider that's the reason that his gray matter was so large. Lots of uh, good oils and fats for yeah, the brain. And how they mix together. I, I am deeply ashamed. I apologize to the entire scientific community. It is it is okay. You or come on to know about mushrooms, not about the Richard Feynman, the great Sir Richard Feynman's brain. Um, That's what we're here for. Right. So. So yeah, it, it's now time to talk. So Rowan, do you have the? Uh, well, uh, let me let me pull up the uh, the the slides in our in our collective think space. Here we go. So, uh, Doctor Joink. Uh, you want to, to introduce yourself a little bit because we're now getting into your part, but you are a you are a, uh, a mushroom documentarian. Correct. Is that correct? So yes, you, correct. So you go around the world and you you take recordings of mushrooms to put them together in in these yeah. projects. Not not photographs, mind you. Please, mm-hmm. I have had enough of that mis miscommunication mm-hmm. before. Not photographs, live video footage. Live video footage, um, and that's that's difficult. That's treacherous. It's more treacherous than people think it is. Infinitely, infinitely more treacherous. Yes, I mean you've heard of National Geographic. You've heard of you've heard of the these bonkers mm. wildlife photographers that Who are going hasn't? out taking taking pictures of lions and 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 cougars and and bears and stuff. Sure. That that's garbage. That's I mean that's lions just pretentious and and bears, garbage. Yeah. Shoving themselves into a beaver dam in order to catch the right angle of a, of a little baby it's, beaver it's, nibbling it's on a pretentious. It's horrifying. It's invasive. Sorry, my apologies. No, it's okay. It's okay. We we just have to put we have to put the passion button on when that happens. <laughs> to, yeah, engage the passion button. My apologies. It's a little bit of a pad. No, I I understand. Yeah. No, uh, I take video footage of fungal organisms. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, so so Doctor Drunk, um, you've been you've been around the world. If we want to go to that that first slide, you've been around the world. I have. You've seen mushrooms. You're taking, taking videos of different mushrooms, each more beautiful than the last. But right now what you're doing is, is, you're, is you're, you've just released uh, a new book, which is uh, called Sneaking Up on Fungi, A Life in Review, which is a new ad- adaptation of, of several of your documentary films and footage, um, which you put into book form. That's correct. You've included, you've included pictures of all these different mushrooms. And, and No, I'm sorry. Okay. I do not include pictures in any of my literature. They're stills. They are not stills. Oh, okay. I describe verbally mm-hmm. my experiences with video footage of fungi mm-hmm. and translate them nanobiologically into pictorial format. Wonderful. Well, we have we have those. We have whatever those are. Sure. <laughs> we have whatever you're talking about. Um. So yeah. So some of these shots took days, even weeks. Uh. Uh, months, even actually, even months, yeah. and, which, and which I don't talk about very often. And this, yeah, this is in the forward to the to the book. You said you yeah. just wanted to share your love of mushrooms with the world. I did, yes. I mean, it's it's an important field of science that I is is unfortunately underrecognized and uh, a an unfortunately slighted field of filmography. Yeah. So so we wanted we wanted to share that too. So uh, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take we're gonna show. The citizen scientists out there, some pictures of these mushrooms. Then they're not pictures, Kai. These, we are going to these, show these them representations. These representations of mushrooms. That's right. Uh, as as you have in this book. Okay. And we we'll give you some time to talk about them. 
Brilliant. Okay, so, so so you've pulled them you've pulled them from my book and you've put them here. Exactly. Okay, brilliant. So so let's take a look. Let's take a look at some of the mushrooms. The first one is uh, yes, of course. Armillaria medila. Armillaria medila. Armillaria medila. You are the expert. This one's found in um, Daejeon, uh, South Korea. Mm, yes. Um, so yeah, you want to just describe describe this one so far? Well, so. This is a, a, an extremely large mushroom. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I recall exactly the nanopictorial uh, links that I formed when filming this. Mm -hmm. um, that is actually my hand that you can see on the fungus. Um, interesting, interesting. Okay. Your cuticles look wonderful. Yeah. Thank you very much. I, I was surprised you didn't uh, mention my uh, picnic, uh, my, my picnic table cover. Flannel, your flannel, your flannel. No, it was a picnic table cover oh, that I, I see. put into a shoot. Oh, yeah, I was okay. short on resources on this particular field shoot. Um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a tremendous tremendously sized mushroom. It, it actually gets to about four times that size. Mm. Um, you can walk into it and create a home for yourself. In fact, uh, it's exactly. several, biofabrication. Yeah, bio, biofabrication with no manufacturing required. Mm. Yeah, these are these are indeed my quotes. Uh, I've scoured uh, the earth for this mushroom. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so let's read the quotes. Um, let's go on to the quotes. Uh, on the and can eye. we hear them from you, yeah. please? Yeah, can you please read sure. them word for word? Yes, I will. I've scoured the earth for this mushroom. I've scorched the earth for this mushroom. <laughs> I, I, I do love this quote. Honestly, this, this is a really high point in my career. I, I recall with great fondness this quote. And then the next one, please. Pardon me. This is. I am elated. Finally, the recognition I deserve for my work. Just a fun-loving mushroom. <laughs> what more can I say? And what more can be said? It looks like a lot of fun. I, I have no more to say about this mushroom. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so uh, Agaricus relicunti. Agaricus relicunti. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one's found in in Kiev, Ukraine. Kiev, Ukraine. Kiev, Ukraine. Or Kiev, Ukraine. Sure. 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 Um, so yeah, this is not this me. This is actually my niece. Um, mm. Your niece. Yes, my niece. <laughs> Fascinating. And so you so you occasionally will bring your your family members in. My nieces and nephews, yeah. I mean yeah. they enjoy a good field day as much as anyone else. And and frankly, they find the mushrooms delicious. Mm -hmm. Well, this niece of yours looks like they're having a fantastic time. They are, yeah. They share uh, what's, your love what's, of what's 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 her name? Her name is Sylvia. Beautiful beautiful oh, Ukrainian. I love Sylvia. Name. I'm I'm not from uh, Ukraine myself, but mm. yes, I mean we went on a trip there as a family. Mm-hmm. Yes, the tender-eyed mushroom. Yeah, of course. This this mushroom is actually famously used as an aphrodisiac. Um, it's placed into the eye sockets mm. as uh, as uh, um, uh, a pair are um, conceiving. Okay, so yeah, can you read that second bullet point though? Yeah, uh, the mushroom that <laughs> the mushroom that taught me to love. It's true. Honestly, I think very fondly of of my uh, my lover at home, uh, Rebecca. Hi. Um, if also you're listening doctor. in. Huh? Also a doctor? No, uh, no, she's not a doctor. Um, we're working on that. Mm. Uh, the the mushroom that taught me love. Yes, honestly, I I myself um, used these mushrooms to uh, woo my current partner. Sure. And it, that's so. It's so hard to find a way to bring romance back into the relationship. Especially, I've, especially when you have a doctorate, it gets really yeah. complicated once you have a doctorate. Right, right, right. I mean, you know, I can only speak from my experiences and my polycule. Do you have a doctorate? Um, I do actually in light working. Oh, fascinating! Where from? Uh, the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand. Okay. Next to the Arts Campus. Mm -hmm. Naturally. Yes, where I now teach. Fascinating. It's great. You were once. I, I also have a doctorate. Really? Yeah, I do. Oh, so you could you you probably can swap a uh, swap grad school. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. Let's let's catch up after the show. Well, yeah, absolutely. I I I have them for days. Amazing. 
Um, so it's time to move on to the next one. Absolutely. Um, so this one's uh, Atolama Portia. Entoloma Perusha. Um, Entoloma Perusha, thank you very Entoloma much. Entoloma Perusha. Entoloma Perusha. Uh, this one's found in uh, Qom, Iran. Mm, yes. Um, so yeah, tell, can you tell us about this this mushroom? Oh, this mushroom is is a delicacy. Uh, this this is famously uh, the the um, uh, the population of Quamaran. Um, they do in fact m- uh, murder people for this mushroom. Yeah. If if you find someone mm-hmm. uh, who, fi- who 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 knows where to find this particular mushroom, mm-hmm. they, they'll kill you for that information. Sure. Is that is that why the knife is involved in this photo, right? Yeah, here? actually, it is. You, in order to hunt Antiloma perusha, you do have to bring a knife with you, mm. both to cut the mushroom from the earth, as it is very dense, and also to stab any oncoming attackers. Who, so, yeah. So the danger doesn't necessarily come from the mushroom; it comes from the culture around the mushroom. Oh, the mushroom is perfectly harmless most of the time. Sure. It's just the desirability. Yeah, yeah. It is also a powerful aphrodisiac, but. As met, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, can you can you walk us through these quotes then? I can't even with this mushroom. It's true. Uh, this this was definitely the, one of the more dangerous of my field works. I, I did fight off um, around fifty or so attackers as I was harvesting this mushroom. Um, the singular I, mushroom or a number of this mushroom? I, I found one, and I was attacked by fifty full-grown men and women. So, you, so if you have found two, you could expect to maybe be attacked by a hundred. I'm not sure if it. I'm not sure so if, if it scales it's, like if that. It's, if it's, uh, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I, I have only found one, and I'm lucky to be alive, as mm-hmm. I quote in the book. Okay, yes. Um, all right. Let's move on to the to the next one. Mm, very good. <laughs> all right, uh, Ironi, you want to try to read this one? Uh, Amanita Fallos. Amanita Fallos. Amanita Fallos. Yeah, very oh, thank good. You, thank uh, you. Uh, I, w- I would like to see. I was hoping you wouldn't bring this one up, actually. I think I specifically. It's, it's, it was buried pretty deep in the book, but we is, had just is, had to. It's, yeah, um, is this another one of your nieces and nephews? <laughs> no, this is my brother. Which you, oh, yeah. yeah. Which you, you took to, um, to uh, Persha- Pershawar, Peshawar, Pakistan. Peshawar, yes. Pakistan, yes. Uh, I would like to reiterate, this was in my contract, actually, not to speak about. Um, I, I am straight. Mm. Yes. I am a straight male. Mm-hmm. As it comes across in, in the book, yes. Yes, I, I am a virulently straight a male. A straight male with a doctor. My, my attraction to mushrooms and my involvement with mushrooms is purely platonic. It is purely mm. scientific. I have no... Okay. Um, all right. Let, let's just get through this one. Well, yeah, the quotes. I see a little bit of myself in this. <laughs> So can you walk us through uh, no, how you how nope, that would be? No, no, I'm moving on. Sort of platonic this way. mushroom was honestly <laughs> a bit too much for me. This guys, this is not funny. Um, I'm sorry. I expected uh, more. Yeah, from, no, I, ex- I expected not, more from the Eureka. There's not. There's nothing. There, we're not trying to. These are these are your um, representations that you've provided mm-hmm. for us. I don't know who spoke to you, but this was not. <laughs> this was not in the contract. So do we have one more? Do we have? Uh, do do we, we have, have? We do have one last. One last mushroom. Uh, before before you leave, uh, uh, would you could we finish the special feature? Yeah, sure. Uh, Boletus edible. Edible, yeah. Edible. Um, this one's found in uh, uh, Medellin, Colombia. Colombia, yes. Colombia. Uh, <laughs> now, tell see, us this, about this mushroom. This is this this little impetuous guy. Was I'm not gonna lie to you. This is a bit of a a, a bit of an artistic uh, a rendering. This mm. is not. I'm right, not sure. These aren't photos, as we said. No, say. this this is a this is actually this is an illustration from a children's book from uh, Medellin, Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, this 
this uh, mushroom actually features prominently in their children's literature. Nearly every children's book from this particular region of Columbia features this image. Always, always brandishing two. Always weapons. brandishing two, two very large blunderbuss-shaped weapons. Um, it's incredible the kind of crime that has sprouted up around this mushroom, almost mm. as if it was um, the crime was a mushroom itself. Wow! It's incredible. You know the mycelial. Uh, strains of this particular fungus are violent. Really? Are very violent. No, mm. they they they're known to if if this mushroom contacts human skin, mm -hmm. the mycelium from the fungus is known to burrow into the flesh and cause trigger finger, mm. which is why the association with the blunderbuss in children's literature it's a it's a warning against touching or handling this mushroom. That's fan uh, that, that you see that's the cultural and, and mycological right. perspective that is so great to have on the show. It was a pain to film this one though. Right. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. Uh, can can we get a read on those quotes though? Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit torn as to what you mean by the, some of these quotes here. What a little ra I mean uh, these rascal these these rascals were were spreading up everywhere. Mm. What a little rascal. They're, they're they're tiny mushrooms. Right. What a spicy spicy boy. What a spicy yeah, there was some text here that you omitted that was important context and also scientific. I tried uh, to cut out as, as much as didn't seem important. You, yeah. you cut out the entire explanation of of the scientific well, and mycological significance. Well, you can, you can tell us more about what is that? What no, does that mean? no. You see, since you seemed, it, it, it's cut. It's gone. It's gone. Mm. What a spicy, spicy explanation, explanation, boy. Okay. Mm. All right. That's fine. I see how it is. Well, uh, right. that, that that was, was very informative. informative. Um, um, I, I do, do think, think that, that it. Um, uh, there's a lot in the world there to uh, to to learn about with regards to um, this is uh, a whole world of mushrooms. It's it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. And, and we'd love to have you on once more, uh, Doctor Doctor. Or perhaps even twice more to talk about more of these mushroom mushrooms. I, I you know um, we'll see. Mm. Uh, we need to work on represent. I'm not. Did you guys even read my contract that I sent? Uh, there was a contract. Yeah, I specifically stated not to bring up the uh, the particular phallus mushroom. Well, it's it's actually it's actually really 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 strange. Is that uh, we were reading through the contract and, and we didn't. You we, were reading through the contract. I was reading through the con. I had my people reading through the contract. Uh, this was not at, at all my fault. And, he can explain himself. Uh, we couldn't really figure out your resume no, uh, per se, like no one, where you went sorry, to I'm sorry. school. No one with the Eureka cast speaks Latin or reads Latin. More of an Aramaic. Guy. We have a team. We have a team. Greek. Okay, because my contract is written in Latin. We, we have a team. Okay, good. All right. So uh, it was read. But we so we reached out. So we reached out to you know we thought it might have been uh, University of Illinois Urbana Champaign or Stanford University. So we reached out to all of them and they didn't seem to know about you. I guess there's a mistranslation about where you actually went to school in the contract. Uh, the forest is my school, and I'd like to leave it at that. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Doctor Joink. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the program. Mm -hmm. Yes, the the book the book is available. We we can't tell you to go get it, but the the book, uh, the book sneaking up on fungi: a life interview is is available wherever you find mushrooms. So uh, now, as we wrap up the show, we have to uh, let's very quickly get to the citizen science, mm -hmm. and this is a part of the program where we discuss the research findings and data collected by amateur scientists out there in the world on the street and posted to social media. That is you, listener. And this actually comes from a website. We are not endorsing this website. We are merely providing it as a source. And the source is www.energysockets.com. Mm. So 
keep that in mind. This, 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 is not, this is not one of those citizen scientists that is not cited. Mm-hmm. There's a citation to, for, to this. www.com, yes. www.energysock.com. Mm-hmm. Take a stainless steel spoon and rub it on the bottoms of your feet. This opens up your energy pathways to allow your bodies to connect with the Earth's energy for overall healing. Fascinating. So this is sort of like a static electricity sp- spoon. Well, the, well, the process is known as grounding, and sure. grant, granted the data is a little bit here and there, but stainless steel spoon on the bottom of the foot, it checks out. The stainless steel is, is not magnetic. Well, it's it's sort of like um, you're imbuing uh, bits and pieces of metal into it. It doesn't have to be magnetic. You know, you know, it's funny. Uh, the I've looked into this actually a little bit. Oh, have you? The, yeah, the micrometallic particles that you rub on the bottom of your foot are known to react positively with uh, mycorrhizal fungi in the soil. Wow. So, so the, the and that's a healing fungi. No, actually, it will kill you. Thank you very much. Um, so I'd like to close in a quote, um, as we do every single show. I'd like to close in a quote by one of my, uh, one of one of my uh, mentors, um, by uh, the Armenian geometer and inquest- inquestition, Arthur Fruge, um, who said this: "The question is not what is science. The question is what science is. What is?" Recast now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers, New Media Labs at Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN, LP 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, and simulcast live on twitch.tv slash Lumpen Radio at that same time. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at EurekaCast on Twitter and Instagram, and visit our website at EurekaCast.org. Uh, Rowan, I think we have some other social media to talk about. We do. Please feel free to find us at Facebook.com slash EurekaCast, or an election mail to eurekacastnow at gmail.com. There you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you witnessed or participated in. Additionally, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, use that same email to reach out. And uh, once again, that is eurekacastnow at gmail.com, just if you want to say hi or whatever. Um, Now, uh, do you have any, uh, before we sign out this evening, any parting wisdom for us, Dr. Joink? Hmm. Well, read my book. Well, we can't have calls to action. Well, it's words of wisdom. Okay, so let's 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 call that a words of wisdom, and yes. not a call to action. Yeah, let's just call it that. That works. Anything else? Don't ask what mushrooms can do for you. Instead, eat mm-hmm. them and find out. There is no law in the books to prevent you from trying something. Yeah, there's there's no law, and that's what science is all about. Uh, and. Once again, Dr. Joint, thank you very much. Uh, with that all out of the way, allow us here at Eureka Cast now to call upon the whispers of time to make sure the insight shared tonight echoes for all eternity. Some of the greatest scientists broke the law constantly. <laughs>